Welcome to the Simple Money Solutions Podcast, where we focus on your money from a Canadian perspective. This podcast is produced weekly and released every Monday. Show notes for every episode can be found at livelifesimple.ca. Now let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Courtney, and joining me today is my co-host, Trevor. As mentioned in the introduction, today we are talking about the importance of understanding and identifying toxic relationships in your life. Hey Trevor, so today we're talking all about toxic financial relationships. So first off, can you define for our listeners what is a toxic financial relationship? Hi Courtney, yeah. So, well, personal finance is really 20% math, 80% behavior. And we all know that relationships influence our behavior. So toxic financial relationship, it can really be divided into two pieces. You've got your romantic relationships and then you've got your social fringe relationships. So you really have to look at it twofold. So a toxic relation, a toxically, a toxic financial relationship is really a relationship where you're motivated to do things you that don't align with your financial values. So Trevor, the relationship you just described sounds like I'm sure a lot of relationships our listeners share with people. How prevalent would you say toxic financial relationships are in everyone's lives? Well, I think the important thing to note here is that a person that is toxic to you financially might be a really, really nice person, a person with great intentions, a person who you have a lot in common with, but they just motivate you to do the wrong things with their money. It could be for different reasons. One is a person could be in a financially in a different place in their life than you are, and they could be, all their kids could be launched and, and they could be on the verge of retirement. And you, for instance, could be somebody who's just starting out in life, graduated from school, and you're trying to establish establish yourself. Well, if you're trying to keep company with somebody like that, they're going to be doing things financially more elaborate than you are purely based on means. And I think that's great that you stated that as someone, the nicest, nicest person, great personality, pleasant to be around could be the most financially toxic person in your life. And when I talk about that person, I'm not, I'm not talking about a, a romantic relationship. I'm talking about a social relationship. It could be the neighbor. It could be a relative. It could be a coworker. So I just want to uh, stipulate that that particular toxic relationship is, is total platonic social relationship. Trevor, what about family members? Well, family members, again, if, if it's a, a, a parent-child relationship, I would hope the parent has that child's best interest at heart and they're not going to motivate them or lead them down a, a bad financial path. But a sibling, a particularly uh, siblings who have a, a great disparity in age, maybe somebody five or ten years older, uh, they could be toxic to, to one another, right? The Particularly if the older sibling is well-established and the younger sibling is uh, less established. And we'll go on later to identify toxic relationships, but how common do you think it is that individuals today are in relationships with financially toxic people and don't even realize it? Oh, I think it's it's everywhere. I think people, when I say you, you're in a toxic relationship, you don't have to end that relationship. You just have to manage that relationship. You have to manage that relationship so you're you're net you're in situations where you're not going to be motivated motivated to make bad financial decisions. For instance, if you have a friend who loves shopping and every time you go out with that person you spend money you shouldn't, then maybe limit your time with that friend to hiking in the woods or or spending time in the park where spending money is never going to be an issue. Great advice, Trevor. Very great advice that I'm sure our listeners can apply to their life today. So Trevor, how big of a role do financial financially toxic people play in our listeners life and overall happiness. 
Well, it really depends on your situation. And I'll give you an example. Just say you live in a neighborhood that is right on the edge of your financial means, meaning you've potentially bought more house than you could afford. Well, with that comes all the ancillary things like people that have more means than you do. So if you live in a neighborhood that is uh, upscale compared to your earnings, you're exposed to it every day. And as a result, it has a significant impact on your life. You're going to find that the activities your kids are involved in are going to be all upscale. Uh, Your neighbors are going to be driving all upscale cars. This puts a lot of subconscious pressure on yourself to, to keep up. Very true. And before, I do want to get back to the idea of how to separate yourself or identify and separate and remove yourself from toxic financial relationships in a more positive way that's good for you. But before we jump into that, I just want to spend this time identifying what a toxic financial relationship means to you. And then before I ask that, though, I do want to ask the, the toxic person for one person might not be toxic to another. Is that correct? Yeah, that is. Yeah. So I, just to, as an identifier, this is, again, a non-romantic relationship. So I, I have to stress that to identify that. First, why, why non-romantic terms? Well, because that's a whole different category we're going to cover a little later on. And the identifier for that and the motivators are, are it's just a whole different game. So I just I just want to we'll focus, focus on platonic social relationships. So okay. to identify it. So again, these people, they don't have to be bad people. Chances are they're really nice people. You'll find you're developing behaviors that do not align with your financial goals. So again, if you see yourself doing things that if you are hoping to retire early and you're spending money on short-term sort of uh, flashy things. So Trevor, before we jump into identifying toxic relationships in our life, I just want to confirm with you that someone who may be toxic to one person, it doesn't necessarily have to be toxic to another person, correct? Yeah, no, that's true. I'll give you an example. Um, I used to be into golf. And I, I had a bunch of friends who I'd go golfing with and they, they would spend a crazy amounts of money on their golfing equipment. And after every round of golf, it wasn't just some drinks, it was drinks and a steak dinner. And they were doing this twice a week. So I'd be out with these people and I would spend literally three times as much money as I should have or could have afforded to. And those people represented toxic. Those were a toxic, that was a toxic relationship to me in that environment. But those same people, I used to go bike riding sort of long distance road riding with one of those guys in that golf group and we would just ride and we'd ride hard we'd get lots of exercise and we'd feel great about ourselves when we were done so that same person was toxic to me in one environment and not toxic to me in another absolutely amazing point i think that's really important for our listeners to understand and know so now we're going to jump into identifying toxic relationships so trevor what are some key identifiers that our listeners should look for when identifying the their own toxic relationships in their life. So again, I want to just state up front that this is uh, platonic, non-romantic relationships. So we're identifying uh, toxic people. Uh, chances are they're really nice people. To be toxically toxic financially, you don't have to be a bad person. You just have to be, your, your goals are n- not aligned with yours. Their goals are not aligned with yours. You'll find, again, if you're with them, you're developing behaviors that are not aligned with your financial goals. So you're you're doing things that are out of character for you, uh, and you're continually making bad decisions around these people, w- as with regards to spending money. So if you always reflect back, saying, you know, every time I made a bad decision or I bought something I should have, you know, John was with me. You know, and every time I, uh, uh, every time I spend time with John, I-, I find I get on a spending spree the next day. You know, I'm buying things I don't need. Uh, that those are good identifiers that that these people could be toxic to you in certain environments or 
maybe all the time. So if we move into romantic relationships, so you'll know you have a, a finan- financially toxic romantic relationship if you're always making excuses for your partner's mismanagement of money, if you find you argue about money with your partner often, uh, you disagree more often than not about money, and when you really look at it, your, your long-term goals just are not aligned. Those would be identifiers of a rom- toxic romantic relationship. I don't, know if I, said, what do you- I don't know if I said that in order, but it's a, it's not a toxic romantic relationship. It's a <laughs> romantic toxic relationship. I, I'm not sure what, and- <laughs> what order you put that in. I don't want to mislead people. And on that note, is how big of an aspect would you say the financially toxic part of a relationship is the success of a relationship. Do you think that's a really a big deal breaker? Well, you know, when I look at romantic relationships, there's there's three deal breakers. There is uh, substance abuse, money, finances. Oh, sorry, there's substance abuse, fidelity, and money. And those three things, if, if you look at statistics, if you approached any divorce lawyer, you talk about anybody who's been separated, divorced, or split up, I guarantee you one of those three things had a big role in it. So if, if they're the three deal breakers, and if substance abuse is, is pretty significant in anybody's life, uh, relationships aside, fidelity, of course, that is the foundation of most romantic relationships. If you throw money in there, I mean, that that's the significance of it. Oh, definitely. So Trevor, what are some telltale signs that will occur when you are in a a toxic uh, relationship that if you're kind of questioning if you are in one or not? You know, this is a good question because sometimes you, if you can't ident- identify it up front, you need to be able to reflect back and, and, and see it. So if you, if you feel depressed uh, about yourself after you spend time with a particular person, uh, if you feel inadequate, if you feel envious or resentful, people in your relationships should be willing to help you if the roles were reversed. People either older or younger. So those are some of the sort of after the fact telltale signs that that maybe maybe you've been exposed to a bad a toxic relationship so before we jump into the consequences of maintaining relationships with people that have a different outlook on money than you do should you focus on removing people who you view as having a toxic financial relationship with or you should you reframe that relationship And like your examples that you said, going for bike rides, going for hikes and other activities that require less of a monetary input. Well, without question, I mean, if if you value these friendships, you you should definitely try to manage them into environments where you're they're not going to be toxic to you but if no matter what you do you end up spending money that you wish you hadn't and being motivated to do things you shouldn't do at some point you've, you've got to saw it off and, and sever the relationship but I, I think at all I would exhaust every possibility of, of isolating that relationship to environments where they're not toxic and to that point if that person is a true friend and a true person who cares about you they will want to see that you succeed and will do whatever it takes to continue maintaining that friendship absolutely absolutely yeah okay so we're going to jump into the consequences of having toxic financial relationships so what are some of the consequences trevor well i just want to start with saying i know this this can sound kind of shallow this episode about toxic relationships and picking friends based on money and income it it can sound shallow but when you think of some of the consequences of maintaining a toxic financial relationship for an extended period of time it it becomes less shallow it's it's significant so you you may end up living a debt finance lifestyle in order to keep up with the joneses or keep up with with friends who who maybe in fact themselves are living a debt finance life you you'll end up living a, a debt finance lifestyle i mean if you go golfing three times a week with your buddies and you can really only afford to go 
go golfing one, one night a week, that, that money's got to come from somewhere. So that is a, a significant long-term consequence of, of a, a toxic relationship. And if you, in fact, debt financial lifestyle, then you're going to jeopardize your long-term financial goals. And uh, for most of us, retirement is in our financial future somewhere. It could be paying off our mortgage or even buying a house to start with or even putting our kids through school. You, you would not want to jeopardize those long-term goals just to sustain a friendship. So Trevor, um, as you're talking about the consequences and identifying toxic relationships, you sound like you come from a place of experience. Can you enlighten our listeners on any personal experiences you've had with toxic financial relationships in your life? Well, when I, when, when I was younger, this is before I had kids, we had these friends and every weekend the phone rang, hey, we're going away for the weekend. Do you want to come with us? And this going away the weekend, this wasn't um, just driving to the beach for the day. It was staying at upscale hotels uh, four hours away and eating not just fast food, but sit down extravagant dinners. And you were going to drop $1,000, $800 in a weekend. And these guys were doing it every weekend. And, you know, we'd go along with a few times who says, well, you know, they're good friends. We you know, we we like to spend time with them, and so we were actually debt financing this these excursions just to maintain that friendship. And at some point, we just had to saw it off, and we had to say the words, "I can't afford it." And once you say those words, I mean, they're hard to say the first time, but once you get them out and, and people understand, I, I can't do this. Uh, you'd be surprised how many people actually understand and respect that. And at that point, I guess you have to ask yourself: Is this friendship worth it? If I'm living a life I don't want to live. Well, we had a, another, uh, a different set of friends. And these people were, uh, they would trade the car up every year. So they, they bought a brand new car. And every year they would trade it in and get a new car. And I'm not condemning people to do that. If you can afford it, that's a great luxury. Uh, we couldn't. And these people would uh, uh, make me feel bad about my older car all the time. And... You know, every, it seems every other time we visited them, so you're going to trade your car in or you can upgrade your car. Or, and it just got exhausting, uh, you know, rehashing, you know, no, I don't do that. And I'm going to ride this car out for 10 years. And we actually ended up severing ties with that, that couple just because I would leave there saying, boy, my car is a real piece of crap. You know, this guy would, after you know, four hours at a barbecue, this, these, these people would convince me my car was worthless. So that was a friendship we actually had to sever. So back to my previous question, um, how do financially toxic people play a role in your overall happiness? Right there is a prime example of how these, this couple didn't, didn't make you feel good about your economical choices. Yeah, you know, if if you feel bad about yourself after spending time with with friends, you really got to reevaluate either the environment you're spending time with them in, or uh, are they really friends who who have your back? Oh, definitely, and that's almost an example too of what you didn't succumb to, but is peer pressure, and that they were peer pressuring you to live the life they they maybe could live if they they could trade their car in, but it wasn't a life that you were, were wanting to participate in as well. Well, you know, people talk about peer pressure being uh, uh, hard on kids in school. Well, you know what? It, it just gets magnified when you're out in the working world and you're, you're, you have neighbors and, and, and friends who, once you add money to the mix, peer pressure becomes uh, something that, that has some real consequence. Oh, definitely. And lasting consequences if you look at uh, debt accumulation. Yeah, yeah. And, and just jeopardizing your long-term financial goals. Oh, for sure. And then you have to stand back at the end of the day, evaluate the situation, ask yourself, is this even worth it? Are these friends, like, quote, friends in quote, even worth it? So again, spend time with these individuals. If there's a situation that doesn't involve spending money, but when it does come to that, know when to step back. 
Yeah, it's it's our human nature to compare ourselves to to other people. It's just human nature. Uh, we're social creatures, and we we just interact with people, and that is part of the the emotions of humans is is to compare yourself, and that's okay to compare yourself, but just don't let it control your actions. Well said, Trevor. Well said. So now we're going to jump into solutions, solutions in how to manage the toxic relationships you might have in your life right now. So um, can you walk through some strategies that our listeners can apply to their life today? So I said this one earlier, but it's worth repeating. Just say, no, I can't afford it. I mean, they're hard to get out. You might be embarrassed to say it the first time. It may be something that you're, you've never said in this particular circle of people, but just say, I can't afford it. Uh, You don't have to get into details. Uh, they, they can draw whatever conclusion they want. If they're um, truly good friends, they'll understand and they won't judge you based on that. Another one we talked about is confine your relationship to environments that do not require spending money, like uh, hikes in the, you know, in the forest or time at the beach, just places where you're not going to be exposed to retail and, and, and other forms of spending money, dining out, and live in neighborhoods you can afford. There's no sense... You know, living in a neighborhood where everyone drives a Mercedes and, and you drive something less than that, uh, you'll just feel bad about your car. You'll feel inadequate. And and as I said, be aware if you're in a toxic relationship. Oh, and also be aware that you could be toxic to somebody else. You know, be, be aware of that. Be be aware that, you know, you're doing things and your actions could in fact be toxic to somebody else. So you could be motivating somebody to spend money on things they don't want to just because you think they're important doesn't mean they're important to somebody else. That's an incredible point, Trevor. And I'm glad you brought that up because uh, this whole episode, not that we're putting blame on anyone, but this whole episode, we've been focusing outward on other people who are toxic to us. But I think it's so valuable to step back and realize that we ourselves aren't perfect and we could be toxic to to people in our life that we care about. Because, you know, it, it could end up costing you a friendship. If, if, if you're toxic to somebody else and they're listening to this very episode. Yeah. Uh, you, you could be jeopardizing a friendship. Oh, for sure. And I think it's also important to note that if you're the friend who stands up and says, no, I can't afford this or no, this isn't with my budget this month or in my budget due to my my income, friends may join on board and be and they may be doing things just because they think it's expected of them. You know, your, your example with your golfing, everyone else in that group may feel peer pressure to go golfing three times a week, but really they can only afford once a week or once a month as well. You know, that's a very good point. A lot of times in a, in a circle of, you know, four or five or six friends, there's really one one ringleader who's driving all the activity or, you know, making decisions for the group. You know, let's do this, let's do that. And all it takes is one person to stand up and say, hey, you know what? I can't afford it this week. And and th- that just, you know, lays the, the groundwork for the next person to, to maybe make the same claim. I can't afford it. Before you know it, the whole circle of friends are making better financial decisions. Oh, definitely. And because because no friend realistically wants to be that friend who steps forward and says, no, I can't afford this because money is always a touchy subject among peers. Yeah. You know, throughout this episode, I said I'm going to touch on uh, uh, toxic financial relationships. And I have to come clean. I don't have a lot of experience in this area because me and my significant other, we are have always been on the same page financially. And we, we've always had the same goals and uh, things that work quite well. So I can only speak from people I know or have talked to. And some of the strategies for dealing with uh, those type of toxic relationships are, of course, the identifiers we talked about, which I, I'll just reiterate. You, you tend to make excuses for your partner. Uh, you argue with your partner about money. 
you disagree more often than not, and your long-term goals maybe don't appear to be aligned. Now, some of the strategies you can do, and again, I'm not speaking from experience, but just from people I've talked to, is uh, as, as one, one of the partners, you need to take a stand. You need to draw a line in the sand and say, you know, this is the, the cutoff here. You know, we can't, you've, you've got to take a position, hold your ground, and be assertive. Absolutely well said. I cannot agree more. Um, I do have another question for you, though, Trevor. What we've been talking about more older, older, well-established couples in their career, but can this toxic relationship phenomena affect any age group and category? Well, it can. And if for younger couples, you know, couples just meeting somebody younger in their 20s, we'll say, I think you need to make sure it's one of the, the I, I call it deal breakers in any relationship, you know, substance abuse, fidelity and money. And you, you really, you can't compromise any one of those three. So if if you make those three your deal breakers, uh, I think you'll probably you'll start out on the right foot and 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 not have you know it'll never be an issue. Definitely, absolutely. So, Trevor, before we wrap up this episode, do you have a simple money solution or anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Yeah, so I, I'm going to say don't choose your friends based on how much money they earn. But be aware of the possibility that really nice people can be toxic and may influence you and your ability to effectively manage your own personal finances. A great summary, Trevor. Thank you so much. And that is it for this episode. Thanks for listening. And please be sure to check out the show notes at livelifesimple.ca. Please be sure to give the show a rating on iTunes as it helps us get noticed. And don't be afraid to leave comments about the show or this episode on iTunes as well. Make sure to visit all our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay all up to date on when new episodes are released. So until next week, keep it simple.